Scriptures. Uh, you know, when we think about the Lord's Supper, uh, seriously, it should stir your soul, your mind, and your heart. But do you remember back when, I know you remember, I'm just, I don't even know why I said that, when, when COVID first came out, or, or the pandemic started, again, let me say it, when the pandemic started, um, and, and I know we struggled because, like everybody else, everybody was scared to death. And we did try to do the Lord's Supper. Walter, were you interested? Oh, there he is. Didn't we use those little all-contained cups? Remember we did that? Yeah. You remember, y'all remember we did, we did the Lord's Supper? Because a lot of churches went year, two years without doing the Lord's Supper for fear of, the, of COVID. And so um, we, did, we, we did, the first time we did it, we had those little self... Y'all remember? It was a nightmare. I even took time... Not to show you how to do it, because I did it wrong when I was showing you, but it, it had, we still have them, by the way. We may never use them again. But they're so, you pull off the top, and that exposes the bread, and then you have another little thing you pull off, and then, the, then you can drink it. And I'm not making fun of it. It's a, it's a good idea in its own way, but it was hard to do that. And so it took us forever. I even gave us a warm-up time, and we it just kind of was, it's kind of be, it's kind of hard to be, I guess it's somber and serious when you're sitting there trying to, you know, can I have another one? You know, I, I need <laughs> messed up the first anyway. But I remember, but you go, it's not right for us to go that long or for other churches or other booths. Do you want to do the Lord's Supper? I don't know, you may not know this. We, we don't do it every quarter. We try to do it every eight to ten weeks on our calendar. And things mess that up sometimes and we can do it every eight weeks and Sometimes we can't do it every eight weeks, and we ha- but we try to do it, and we try to rotate. Back when we were doing Sunday nights, that was part of it. Either if we do it on Sunday, the next time we do it, it'll be on a Wednesday. Then we'll roll back with it on Sunday morning. So just so you'll know, because it doesn't say we have to do it every Sunday. There's denominations or, that believe you have to do it every Sunday. I don't believe the Scriptures teach that, but I know that when, as often as you do it, right, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. So it's very significant. We don't believe in... Uh, we call it an ordinance. There are people that believe that, that there's something supernatural about the elements. You know, Catholics believe something that it actually becomes the body and blood. That's Mass and... But there are even evangelicals that are Protestants, and it may not. It to me, it's it's his table. There's elements, so the elements on this table represent something that are center to what you and what you are in Christ. What your identity is centered on the humanity, the perfection, the substitution of Jesus. And your your Christian life is based on the the shedding of blood, your forgiveness. Your I'm reading a book on the atonement. The price that was paid had to be the blood, and so that's why these these elements are are so important. Look at your handout. I'll be brief, but I just want you to think about the uh, statements that um, that Christ made from the cross. Number one, when I say. Uh, 
Well, I'm using, I use uh, John 19, 17. I'll, I'll throw out a question. You can answer it out loud. But John 19, 17 says, And he went out bearing his own cross. And he went out bearing his own cross. I love that. By the way, uh, what was the gentleman's name that was petitioned to carry Christ's cross when he fell? What was his name? Simon of what? Simon of Serene. Uh, it records that Simon was commanded really by uh, the soldiers. Christ fell under the weight of the cross. By the way, that's a, that's a sign of Christ's humanity, right? Um, he, he, because of the weight of the cross, Christ crumped, because he had been beaten almost to death anyway. And so, so they, they, they don't, I guess they elect Simon, they grab him and say, basically, you carry this guy's cross. And um, there's a song written about that, but it, you think about bearing the cross of your Lord. And the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be doing that. Think about that. Not physical, spiritual. Uh, and if Simon had traveled there, the, if he had traveled there, by the way, church history says he was saved. His children were saved and were very active in the early church. And I believe that. It's not in the scriptures, but church history says. But he came hundreds of miles to Passover. Not to Passover, I'm sorry. Yeah, Passover, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, yeah we, we just celebrated uh, Easter. That was resurrection. But this is only three days before that. Sorry, the cross. So he had traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles to be. So he was probably a devout Jew to begin, a devout convert to Judaism. Anyway, it's just interesting to me. The first statement was, I call it humiliation. Because the first thing they say, the statement that Christ made, is in Luke 23. It says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's New King James. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I call that humiliation. Uh, we sing a song, he could have called 10,000 angels, you know. What's the rest of the words to that? That's right. He could have called, you know, thousands upon thousands, but he died alone. But he, so that's humiliation. So he, he prays that God would forgive those, uh, both Romans and Jews, who, uh, and us. Uh, we sing a lot of these songs that it was, if you believe the Bible, many times the Bible says that He bore your sins on the cross. Your sins. Because they knew He was going to save you. So He paid the price. Jesus paid it all for you. So, Father, forgive them. So that's humiliation. So if you're keeping up, it's, that's Luke 23, 34. Two is glorification. And you can think what he said to the guy in Luke's gospel. Luke says, he says to one of the thieves, what? Today you will be with me in paradise. Which is, I mean, I started out last Sunday with that. But to think about, that is a theologically profound thing to think about. That, you know, you are not your body, right? You're you. And as a matter of fact, the reason you're 
the problem you have with you is not the epidermis. It's not your skin. It's, it's in the body. Because when you're separated from the body, you're perfect. And that's when he perfects you. So when the body is separated from the soul, then there's perfection. But he, pray, he tells this guy on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Great thing. Uh, just so much we could talk about. So that day, when that soldier eventually, I mean, when that guy on the cross eventually died, uh, he met Christ. Because remember now, Jesus wasn't in the, in the tomb. It's just his body, right? Third one is perfection. The third statement they said was when he said, he told John, behold your mom. And he told his mom, behold your son. And so he gave the responsibility. Now he had other brothers, right? Alive. Matter of fact, they were younger than, obviously younger. I mean, they were younger than him. But then they were alive, but they're not believers, it seems, at this point in history. They become believers. We know Jude and James do. We know because they wrote New Testament books. So he takes care of his mother, which is a fulfillment of 20, remember 2012, Exodus 2012. You'll never forget that. Honor thy father and thy mother. And so he honored his mother, by, and of course his father was probably already dead by then. So, had to be. So, he, he makes sure that his mom's taken care of. So you read that in John 19 around verse 20 where he makes sure that is so he honors. So I talk about perfection. He met the legal standard for a Jewish man, for a son taking care of his mother. So humiliation, glorification, perfection. The fourth one is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We call that imputation. Because, and guess what happened, what, what was happening to the sunlight when Jesus said that? It was dark in the middle of the day. Uh, we were at Highland Avenue. <clears throat> there was a song our choir sang, and one of the lines was, it was midnight in the middle of the day. So the darkness fell upon the land, it says, the earth, and, and there was three hours of darkness and uh, so in Christ's physical punishment, it, 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 it seems as if the Father darkened the skies so He would be unseen and, uh, by man. But anyway, imputation, because He says, why have you forsaken me? It's because He was bearing the penalty of sin. And God can't look on sin, right? So He, he made Him. Jesus didn't become a sinner. Jesus didn't sin. God made him. He treated him like he was a sinner, right? He treated him like it'd be you. And he, and he experienced death. The wages of sin is what? Death. So he bore the guilt of sin on, on Jesus for your sin and my sin. So imputation, number five, is incarnation. How do we know that? Well, there's several. But on the cross, he says, I thirst. That's, he's a man. And he was experiencing, you can study this for yourself, the, the normal uh, trauma, if you want to use the word, of being crucified. They said it was incredible thirst. He said, I thirst. And something else, happened, else fulfilled scripture 
when he said that because they gave him a drink. So incarnation, Jesus says, I thirst. The sixth, oh, by the way, that's John 19, 28. By the way, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm not even giving you the scripture. The reference there is Mark 15, 34. Imputation is Mark 15, 34. Incarnation is John 19, 28. Can I ask you a question? You'll see John's gospel references to John is more than Mark or Luke or Matthew. And there's a reason why. Why would it be? He was there. Right? Remember the scene? As Peter and John got closer than most. But John knew the family and he was able to go. He saw a lot. He saw. So John, he was, a, he was an eyewitness of this stuff. Six is redemption. It is finished. Word is ta, ta, tell us day. Paid in full. Uh, redemption. It is finished. Or you could translate it paid in full. John 19.30. And then seven is exaltation. Father, into your hands. Some say, I commend my spirit. I commit my spirit. Into your hands. Where is the Father? Where? In heaven. Of course, him and the you know, three persons, one Godhead. But so that's exaltation. Christ is going to be. And we know the scriptures tell us that he was seated at the right hand of the Father. So we have seven sayings, but we use seven. Humiliation, glorification, perfection, imputation, incarnation, redemption, exaltation. This is what happens to us in Christ. The if it's, if it's something that Christ did, He did it on our behalf, and we have received that as part of God's mercy. We should, in, in, in the things that He did, we should also demonstrate that, that kind of character. The character that Jesus showed on the cross is the character that you and I, you and I should have. Um, Jesus says, when I am lifted up from the earth, you looking at that, it's right up under, I gave you John 12, 32. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Now, th- this is an interesting verse. Um, there's a whole other song, <laughs> when I am lifted up. Um, I'll, what was Je- Jesus was making a reference to an event in the Old Testament. And uh, I think he was, and other scholars would probably say the same thing. But you remember when, uh, when, Mo, when the children of Israel were complaining about being set free out of Egyptian captivity, but they were complaining because they didn't have the, the resources that they had. When they were complaining and, and they, were, they were mocking Moses and complaining to God. And remember what God did in judgment. He sent the little serpents, the fiery serpents among them, right? And they would, they would bite and kill. And the remedy was, was to take a serpent and mount him on a stick, pole, 
And in order, if you got bit, you could look at the lifted up snake. The, you could look up at what was mounted on the pole or cross, so to speak, and you'd be healed. And I think Jesus, you know, Jesus takes that imagery and so he says, and I would, devout Jews would remember that. So when Jesus says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw. By the way, the word draw is, in, is the word draw is not, it's the word attraction. It was a horrible scene. Crucifixion was brutal. You know, we don't, wouldn't want to watch it. And I, and I hated, I did love the movie, but I hated the movie when you went to see The Passion of the Christ. It's uncomfortable. But when he says, I will draw, that word draw means it's attra- It's almost saying it's, it's beautiful. But it's talking about a spiritual thing. It's attractive. You know, you're not ramrodded. When, when you realize what Christ has done, what happened on that tree, it's attractive. It's beautiful. And you're drawn to it. So that's what Jesus says. I'll draw all men to me. The three, just to let you know, the three S's, this is a preacher's outline. Number one, it's supplication. At the cross, it's a place of, think about this, supplication. Jesus made supplication for us. It means He was praying for mercy and grace and forgiveness for those that, you know, so it was, he, he made supplication for sinners. He was a substitution for sinners. And the Bible says that He was uh, set apart, sanctified, Sinners is just three. I, I love those th- those thoughts. Galatians three says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. <clears throat> then he quotes the Old Testament and says, "For cursed is anything that hangs on a tree, or any man that hangs on a tree." Christ became a. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. And, so we, we love doing the Lord's Supper because we remember the broken body and the shed blood. I'm going to invite my men that are serving the supper with me, the Lord's Supper, to come to the table now. Because we're scattered. Thank you so much. I couldn't find it. Um, because we're scattered about, you may have to help us a little bit. Let's pray and ask God's blessings as we take the elements. Lord, we, we love you and we love the table of remembrance. Father, may our hearts and minds be drawn to, to the life of Christ and His willingness to to redeem sinners like us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Who needs this one? How many we need? Four? Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you, guys. You can serve. Thank you.
we're going to pass both and do them together. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead and go back with your families. When nothing like the stillness of the moments while Allison's playing to reflect. Be still and know that I am God. Here's so many times in the Psalms. It says, For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when He was betrayed, He took bread. I love that. On the night that He was betrayed, He had already sent the betrayer out. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body. Do this in rem- as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. As often as you do, drink it in remembrance of me. So the Bible said he took that bread and said, this is my body which is given for you. You know, the shedding of blood goes all the way back to the innocent animal that covered Adam and Eve. Somebody asked you, where was the first bloodshed in the Bible? It wasn't when Cain slew Abel. It's when God slew an animal to replace the fig leaves. Jesus took that cup and said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Do it in remembrance of me. One of our great hymns we're going to sing as kind of an invitation hymn is at the cross. Am I right, Walter? And while we're singing, we have a couple of young ladies that are going to be responding and want to come down and present themselves to the church as believers and needing baptism. So let's stand together. We'll sing together at the cross and our families will come. Hey, come on, come on. Uh, And y'all met with Diane, and did this happen in... uh, Children's church, or, or or tell me about it. Y'all, parents, tell me. Well, Lily's been talking to us about it for months, and okay. we've been talking at home and what it meant and making sure that our heart was right. It was more of a heart decision than a mind decision. Yeah. And then we, she talked to Diane. She asked to talk to Diane about two weeks ago, and Diane talked with her and prayed with her, and it came about that way. Okay. But she's in Cindy's class, and she's been learning tons about the Bible. And just, Amen. And loves that. Amen. So... So this is, am I right, Lily, that you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Amen. Is that, say yes, sir, out loud, what you say? Yeah. It's intimidating, I know. There's nothing I can do about it. Wednesday night, I scared her to death because I mentioned she had to sing. I really think it surprised her. Kennedy, you as well. So tell me about that, Dad, Mom. What? We've been discipling at home and then uh, probably a year or two ago, Okay. So that has happened a while back, right? Been tough to come forward. Uh, how old are you, Kennedy? Ten years old. 
So if I ask you, Kennedy, if I said, Kennedy, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? What would you say to that? Hey, amen. Well, if you rejoice in the decision, say praise the, praise the Lord. Now, um, so she's in whose class? You said on Sunday. Okay, Cindy. She, uh, she's not in here, is she? Okay. John, do you want to come stand? Come on, stand. You're a deacon anyway, so come on. And uh, Kennedy, who's your teacher? Come on, come on, come on, Trish. You t- I didn't, come on, Trish. You feel like coming? Come on. What happened to your foot? She fell. I didn't mean to bring it up. I shouldn't have said anything, should I? Well, what we'll do is uh, we'll talk to them about, and I know Miss Diane did, talk to you about baptism, okay? But let me ask you this. Are you saved now, okay? You're saved now, so that water's not going to save you, is it? But it is an act of obedience, okay? So we're going to do it because the Bible says everybody who is saved is baptized, got immersed in water. So that's why we're going to baptize you in, in a few weeks. Is that okay? Well, folks, before you leave today, you want to come by and speak to the family and speak to these precious young ladies and welcome them into the family of God. God's good, isn't He? Man, I love it. Well, folks, let's be dismissed. Um, Do you mind praying for us? Can you pray for us? Yeah. Mr. Nobles will dismiss us with a word of prayer. Don't forget to go by and visit these folks.